So welcome live this Halloween night to the first ever TV Ghost Watch. That's the scene in uh, Fox Hill Drive in Northolt. Our outside broadcast units are there. That's the house where it might all happen tonight, or it might not. We shall see. We're going to investigate one of the most baffling and fascinating areas of human experience, the supernatural. Tonight, television is going ghost hunting in an unprecedented scientific experiment. We hope to show you, for the first time, irrefutable proof that ghosts really do exist. Listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 159. Welcome to the Buzz Kill Podcast, where today we're watching televisions of the dead. Ooh. Like TVs that. They died, like the LCD screen died, <laughs> and then they haunt your house forever. <laughs> wait, wait, let me wait. Let me do that again. Televisions of the dead. Does that clear it up? Is that better? No. It's a it's a pun. <laughs> it's like a pun, you know. Oh, it's puns, Basil. Oh, puns. It's a pun. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. I'm Justin. And uh, it's uh, it's Halloween week, guys. Mm. It officially. <laughs> oh, I did that. Hmm. <laughs> Because Halloween be, turns me on. This out. will be the last episode that we release before Halloween. Uh, but yes. but because, like any good Halloween party, there's always a hangover afterwards. <laughs> so the next episode is going to hang over and be our final Halloween Hangovers. Episode. So there you go. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, in typical Halloween fashion, though, I mean, usually you want something spooky. Yeah. You want something scary. Yeah. Something's going to scare the, the Snickers bars, like, out of your butt before <laughs> before it's ready, right? Oh, God! <laughs> well, not here. We're going fun. Oh. Right? I don't know. One well, actually, was, one, one, one of them was, was pretty, pretty scary. Spooky, yeah. One of them, though, was very fun. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed both of them, uh, both the movies we watched this week. Um, I thought they were both uh, different takes on... On Halloween and, and, and movies you can watch, so I'm very excited to get into them. It's almost like one was a spoof of the other. Sort of. You know what I mean? Sort of. It wasn't meant to be at all, no, but, no, but no. it sort of was. Yeah. Um, and they're, 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 they're very good. Um, they work well off of each other. But uh, until we get there, how's your week? Good. Just good. Just just dandy. <laughs> just I went to see Joker, finally. Oh, yeah. How was it? It was good. It was very good. Uh, I enjoyed it. I'd like to go see it again. Did you uh, did you feel like you needed to go on like a homicidal rampage afterwards? Oh yes, like totally. <clears throat> well, you know me. I do. I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, uh, despite the fact that I'm I'm married, I am I'm a born again incel. Oh. So. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Talk, talk to my wife about that one. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is this inappropriate? A little bit. You started it, man. Um, yeah, no, no, they... no, no, no. I see. I I watched it and I was like, okay. I was like, is this? Let's see. Is this movie really? It, there's. I I understand where people might have thought that before they saw the movie, but when you watch the movie, there's there's no reason that it would inspire there's... that kind of person to be violent. From, I just from my understanding, there is less violence in that movie than a lot of normal movies that get released all the time. I mean, don't get me wrong. Once they get into the violence, it's uh, sure it's pretty violent. But uh, it, it's not. It's yeah. It's no more or less violent than I any think... other movie you'd see. Even even movies that are like Shrek. you know like yeah Shrek like the the part where Shrek um uh 
squishes the slug and uh-huh. uses it to brush his teeth, just as violent. <laughs> Justice for slugs. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. It was, uh, it was. Uh, there was an interesting story about it, but I'll tell you guys that off the air. I think people, I think people were were freaked out by the <laughs> fact that the movie basically points a finger back at them, saying, "Hey, you're the asshole that causes people to do this, and that's why people didn't like it." Yeah, I think it made people legitimately uncomfortable. Yeah. That could be. I think that could be why some people had that weird reaction. I've got theories. But... I'm not going to discuss them on here. But, uh, yeah, yeah, there's some theories that I have. But, no, it was awesome. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is an animal. He's amazing. Ooh, which one? Huh? Which one? Like a like a slippery little snake. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> no, man, like, he, it's, uh, it, it's one of those performances where he uh, should be up for an Oscar and he most definitely will be snubbed. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll see. From it's, a filmmaking standpoint, just the cinematography, the the editing, everything was fucking awesome, yeah. and it and 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 chilling. It'll probably and win it for stuff like that too. It'll, like I, like I I I I got home. I was thinking about it. I I was playing uh, Xbox for a while. It was still on my mind. I went to bed. I was still thinking about it. I woke up the next day. I was thinking like it really sticks with you. You it's, woke up the next day. And you know what? Or some people. <laughs> that's that's gonna happen. No, no, no. No, yeah. I I, I want to see it for myself. Hopefully, we'll be able to see it maybe this weekend. Yeah. Um, if things work out. Yes. But uh, yeah, if they work out. I was say that was a very Canadian out. If things work out. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I've had going on. Other than that, just getting getting stuff ready for Halloween, making costumes for the kids, mm-hmm. putting together my own costume. Me too. Yeah, which is going to be fabulous. Oh my gosh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not looking forward to yours. If I'm being honest, why not? I don't know. I don't. I don't want to see your midriff for that much of the night. It's gonna look. It's gonna look good. See, the real. The real test is gonna be. I'm one. One of two things is gonna happen. Either by mid. By mid. Uh, mid party, I'm gonna be so cut up. Just because I've been tightening my my stomach muscles for oh, the entire yeah. night, and yeah. I'm just going to like force a six pack out. Oh yeah. Or I'm going to break my muscles, and my gut's just going to start hanging, <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to look like the uh, the pregnant version of my character. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say probably column B. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> I think that thing's going to be out in full force by the end of the night. It's okay. The nice thing about my costume, I'm not really gonna, I don't I don't care if people know what I. Uh, Aaron and I are going as uh, Hopper and Joyce Byers from Stranger mm. Things. It's probably played out, but I have. How Canadian of you? It's probably played out, but I have the hat. I bought like I bought the hat just for myself, and I realized, hey, this is kind of a Jim Hopper hat. And then I started growing out my facial hair, and I was like, hey, I got a pretty decent uh, foundation for a Jim Hopper mustache going here. So that's what we're doing. Also, Aaron uh, coincidentally got bangs like a month ago from your wife. <laughs> no, not, not, not got banged. She didn't tell me about this. Not got banged. Wait, she, from his wife. She got, she got ba- doing bangs. That so long? And uh, and it just happened to coincide with this whole idea of us going as these two characters from Stranger Things. And so. just like um, uh, Joyce, hmm? your wife is crazy as shit. Yeah. That it is works. true. That is. <laughs> uh, hopefully she won't listen to this because she will unleash her wrath on you. So that's why the Christmas lights are still up on your house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but what I was getting at is I won't have to suck it in all night because uh, Jim Hopper's, yeah, you, you Jim Hopper's got kind of a dad bod. I mean, not, not anymore, though. 
I mean, he Jim, still, Jim he Hop- still does. Jim uh, Hopper does, but did you see... Uh, David Harbour still David has Harbour. kind of a dad bod. Did you see him on SNL? Yeah. Holy shit, dude. His arms are gigantic. Well, yeah, his arms are... He's huge. He's a huge human being. When he's he like, was playing Hellboy, he was, like, cut, though. Like, he no, was, he, he lost. That, was, well, I know he, that no, was a body piece, I, man. No, that was that. all prosthetic. I'm talking about out of the prosthetic. <laughs> Clearly, I know that wasn't his body. He wasn't that ripped up. He was pretty cut, dude. Like not like bodybuilder cut or anything like that, but he was toned up like crazy. We're gonna wasn't... when we take a break. I want you to show me shirtless pictures of David Harbor. Well, maybe not he wasn't that cut not, up, but not, he was not slim. To, not to prove <laughs> your not to prove <laughs> my, your point. I just want to see uh, I just want to see shirtless pictures of David Harbor. <laughs> my, my point is that he's no longer sloppy hoppy. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Well, well, hey, if 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 our theories about Stranger Things three are correct then it would make sense for him to have lost a little bit of weight for season three. If he's coming back, but he's been held prisoner for quite mm. some time, mm. it would make sense that he had lost some weight. He's just completely skull and bones when he comes back. Yeah. Crazy. But still so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. Sorry. What have you been up to, Jay? <laughs> oh, man. I got to get away this week, which was nice. The wife and I went up to good old Caseville. You've been on the go for the past few weeks. Oh, yeah. A couple weekends ago, I went up, and uh, she did a girl's trip with my mom and sister away for the weekend, and then I met uh, my wife up there, and we stayed from uh, Monday till Wednesday, and we got home this afternoon. Up in Caseville? He did. What were you guys doing? Just, we played a shit ton of cards and sat there and did nothing. Those are the best. That's wonderful. (laughs) Those are the best. We played, we learned how to play two-person euchre, which is a Michigan thing. If you're not from Michigan, it's usually four people, and we figured it out. And we, so uh, you guys, it's, so that's not a real thing. You guys just kind of made it, it, it is, up. So it is a real thing. Oh, it is. Uh, well, we, it is now. We, we, <laughs> they we did make up though. We played war, and I said we should have extreme war, and so we made up extreme war for what, cards. What's so extreme about it? Because I get to during a war, I, you I literally wanna, kill the other person. <laughs> I, I was so low on cards, and I wanted to wager. I wanted to go all in, like poker. You know, yeah. I wanted to gamble this shit. So I, I bet five more extra cards, and then I won. You are a crazy man. So then we were. You can go all in on all your cards if we want. That's cool. That's awesome. So I like that's that. That's cool and all, but what is it good for? To win. <laughs> and the correct so- answer <laughs> is absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> Say yeah, it again. So, so we had a nice trip away, and then I got home today and got to be a, a mechanic immediately because uh, her car. When I went to go meet them up there, um, I went and got new tires put on, and then I'm taking off, and I go. This car sounds significantly louder than it used to be. The, like the exhaust, it's, in, it's a 2004, so mm-hmm. it, was, it had its, but it was like to where I wore earplugs the entire trip up two-hour ride up to Caseville. Seriously, muffler gone. And so I got back and checked it out first thing today. And the there's a mid muffler and the rear muffler. So the <clears> mid <throat> one, the welds were busted off and it was just hanging off, ready to completely fall off of everything. So I hopped under the car and I fixed it. There goes J Rod just doing man things. Again. I was done in an hour and it was like brand new. That would that <laughs> would take me that would some... take me five days and several trips to YouTube. Well, yeah, but you and didn't... I still it would still fall apart at the you end. You didn't have the tools he had though. Some used chewing gum and a roadkill that's raccoon. That's, <laughs> that's how he fixed it. I still it. had to run to AutoZone twice and then O'Reilly's once. <laughs> that was like when I got my uh, my catalytic converter stolen off yeah. my car. I went to go start it and it was just loud as shit. I, I turned the car off so fast. I'm like, oh my God, there was like a bomb under my car. Like, what is going on? That's, so I never, that, I'd never heard that before. Right. And I don't drive for car often. I knew it was loud, but it's been a long time since I've driven it. And so I thought, well, maybe that's just the sound, you know? Sure. But to me, if that was your, if that was your, your, your thought at the time oh my god there's a bomb cinematic uh stereotypes would dictate that you don't turn the car off 
And because you because, because you turning the car on, mm. it, it would engage the bomb. No, so no. if you turn the car back off, boom, I goes play, the dynamite. I play guy number one, though, the first person you see at the very beginning that sets up the entire rest of the movie. Oh. So I automatically turn the car off. Otherwise, what are they fighting for, James? <laughs> what are they fighting for? <laughs> so you die no matter what? Is this what? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm relegated to that role. That's totally fine. I like that story. It's a good story. Reading the credits. <laughs> guy in red shirt, played by Michael Heckman. <laughs> I am guy in red shirt. Make <laughs> <laughs> credit for everything. Just guy in red shirt. Hi, I'm I'm Michael Heckman. You might know me as guy in red shirt. <laughs> Yeah. Just show up in random movies, like, <laughs> like I, dude, it'd be so funny if you could make a career out of that. Like, you show up in like really high budget movies. You show up in super low budget movies. Like, every, like, like, like you show up in like one porno. Like, just <laughs> completely randomly, like Mister Rogers or something. You know <laughs> like, that's you know that's bad for the paper tray, right? You, you wouldn't get it if you I, haven't I, watched I, Friends. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So that's it. Yeah, that's it. Just fixing shit, being that's a man. It. You that's know. It. And relaxing. What do you Much mean needed. that's it? So back to the grind, man. I got a more than ton, we did. tons of work to catch up on. So right on, man. Yeah, right on. What about you? Ah, I ain't done shit. Yeah, I've just been sitting around being guy in red shirt. Just being guy in red shirt. <laughs> it's been nice. That's I, I want. I want that to be your answer from now on when we ask you what you've done in the last week. Just chilling, being guy in red shirt. <laughs> I want that to be your Halloween costume. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great. Nobody would get it but you two. <laughs> it's guy in red shirt. <laughs> you guys just gotta make a big deal about it all night so everybody else is just super confused. <laughs> hey, guy in red shirt's here. <laughs> oh, alright. Um sp- <laughs> Speaking of guys in red shirts. Speaking of guys in red shirts, we uh we got some stuff wrong last week. All right. Let's hear it. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, uh, so Vito was really quick to point out to me uh, this week that uh, I said Ralph's was relatively new out there. Yep. Ralph's has been there since the 70s. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It was just a little bit off. In the grand scheme <clears throat> of things, that's relatively new. You know what I mean? <laughs> in, the history, in the history of the world, yeah. perhaps. Or even That's the true. history of our country, really. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Vito. Yeah, so Vito... Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take take a leap, man. Um, uh, also, the... Uh, the, du- the I, I have no idea either. The, uh, the Dutch family that was found living underground, we said that it was a, there was eight siblings, oh, whatever, yeah. and like the father, yeah, this yeah, and that. Yeah. Turns out the old dude, who was 58 years old, was not the father... Of the six siblings that were living underground in cages, uh, has this been confirmed by yes. Maury Povich? Yes, I don't know. He's about, not the father. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you were just about to say you don't know who Maury Povich no, is. No, no. What's wrong with you? <laughs> He's the guy on the bottle that Newman's own dressing. <laughs> Duh. It does look like him. It does look it does. like him. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was only it was six siblings though. Okay, uh, and they had been, uh, and so the father, the father, they not the father, the, the older guy, wasn't even the dude that owned the property. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said that it looked like a couple of years previous. I'm sorry, this was a Dutch family. Yes. Can you refer to him as the Faja? The Faja. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the uh, well, but but he wasn't the Faja. Oh, he wasn't. He wasn't. Zafaja. Okay. Zafaja. Okay. Um, and also said that they found him when the when the police broke in. They found him in bed, and it looks like he had a stroke like three years previous. Oh, so this God. dude's been living underground with people in cages. Six siblings in cages. They were in all cages. Of, from my understanding, from what oh. I read, yeah, like they were locked up. 
So how did they... It's did, crazy. Okay. Or maybe they were just locked in the place, but to me it sounded like they were actually like physically locked so up. So did they say how the one guy escaped? They just said that he's... It's, there's a lot of weird holes with this story because it says that he escaped and, then he, and then he went to the bar... Like you that's said last week, that's what I would do first. Thing. He ordered five. Yeah. He ordered five beers, mm-hmm. and started telling the bartender that he had never been to school, that he didn't even know there were people around here. Why would he immediately just go to a bar and order five beers? It's it's a very weird thing for someone to do. It's also weird that, that apparently be... that bartender <clears throat> didn't check his fucking ID because you know he didn't have ID. <laughs> so. He might have just Suspicious. said, give me five of those or give me five of something to drink. You want this? Yeah, sure. Well, he probably maybe had beer he before, right? Maybe, I don't maybe, know. maybe their cat, their, uh, their, their captor had at he least was, provided them with some beer. He was 25. Mm-hmm. He'd been there for 10 years. He was 15 when he started. Probably not. I mean, maybe, but probably not. You don't know what the captor was giving um, them to eat and drink. That was, so that was, he was 15 at that time. So that's his first booze experience. He's like, I'm going out and getting drunk. It just seems, it seems very strange that that's what he would do. And it also seems strange that he, I don't know. There, there's When we read the story, there's a lot of really weird, suspicious things about it. Yeah. It's odd. It's a really odd story. Like it, like maybe it doesn't add up. Completely. Sort of, sort of, hmm. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll send you the the article that I yeah, read. Yeah, please do. Uh, and you read it and tell me if you think the same thing. Like just just one plus one equals three for some reason, and it's really weird, you know. <laughs> that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> who's the Who's the? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I man. don't know. I don't know Dutch math, so you know what? <laughs> it, it very well could be true. <laughs> the crazy freaky deaky Dutch. <laughs> Um, no, there's a there's a famous person right now. I'm gonna have to look this up at the break and get back to you. But uh, there's a famous person right she now. A great that, big famous person. <laughs> there's a great there's a great big famous person right now who claims that they have discovered a a flaw or something in the math system, and they they can prove that one plus one or is it it's one times one equals two. This is a famous person, like a famous rapper or a famous... Kanye? Oh, it's Terrence Howard. It's Terrence Howard. He's losing his mind or something. He also and he, he also probably thinks that the earth is flat and... <laughs> Wait. He probably also thinks the earth is flat and... Th- What's wrong uh, with that? Fuck you, dude. The earth is not flat. <laughs> Sorry, it's cube. Oh, it's cube. It's cube. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jesus. cube life. I forgot about that. Sorry. <laughs> cube life. Uh, no, yeah, Terrence Howard thinks that he found some, some sort of weird discrepancy in math. Stick to to acting, my friend. And that he can prove that one times one equals two. I mean, it it makes sense. So three times three is nine. Two times two is four. It doubled. Two times two is four is doubled. So one plus one, one times one must equal two. I think you're on the right logic train there. You're right there with Terrence. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, man. People are going nuts these days. Anyway, continue. (laughs) This is is the world we live in. Common core math. Um, Well... (laughs) <laughs> oh boy don't get me started on that go ahead go no ahead. that's all yeah that's those are your corrections for the week okay <laughs> there might be more but i don't know i, I give up all right <laughs> <laughs> well, all right uh hey before we move into our next segment uh why don't you head over to audibletrial.com slash the buzz to kill podcast because you can pick up a free 30-day membership and also one free credit for one free book. If you cancel the membership at any time within that 30 days, you get to keep that book. And uh, that's just a good deal right there. And, and, and <laughs> we know how much you like a deal. <laughs> we know how much you like a deal. So head over to audibletrial.com slash the buzzkillpodcast. 
pick up your free 30-day membership and free book. Do it. Got any good book ideas for this um, Halloween season? You know what? I uh, For the Halloween season, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with the dictionary. That's a that's a great book. I don't know if that's on Audible. <laughs> I can check. Oh my God, what, wait, what if the dictionary literally is on Audible and Morgan Freeman's reading it? Because everybody always says mm-hmm. you could listen to Morgan Freeman read the dictionary. Yeah, I would listen to I it. I would too. That would probably be a bestseller. I'm not kidding you. You know who you put I- it on when you're trying to go to bed at night and he'll just lull you to sleep? I would listen to Siri read the dictionary. Even even <laughs> mine, the, that even just mine, the like Australian torture. one? Sure. I have Australian Siri. Sure. She might pronounce some of the words funny. <laughs> Col- colander <laughs> you should just train the noodles colander <laughs> I'm trying to check the date a colander <laughs> alright uh, anyway what are we doing this week uh, this week so for the Halloween sp- spooky season we thought it would be fun to do a couple of non-traditional horror movies uh, wherein they're basically made for TV <clears throat> movies I guess you could say mm-hmm. and uh, they're basically they're movies that were made in such a way that you are expected to believe that they were live news broadcasts, and uh, they're made such as made as such. Yes, and they're super awesome, and one of them is extremely effective, I think. Uh, the other one is just fun. Just it's, fun. It's a little bit more fun over goofy. the top, but it's yeah. super fun. But we figured this year we'll do something a little bit more, uh, you know, you know, akin to the holiday and akin. Akin. I Thank always say akin. Akin. Yes, you do. It's like a rap name. I'm akin. Akin for a. Shaken. Oh, it's Akon. A- that's Akon. Akon, yeah. Is he one of the? Is he the guy who always says his own name and all of it? No, it's Jason Derulo. He, yeah. Jason Derulo starts every Jason single Derulo. Jason. Jason Derulo. <laughs> <laughs> like how full of yourself are you? He should be though, because he's a great singer, I agree. great dancer too. Uh, are you sure we've never drank this on the show? Uh, I looked it up in my listo listo beers. Listo beers. And it's not in there. So. Jeez, I feel like we've had this one before, but uh, I'll just go with you on this one. Maybe not because we've never. I don't think we've ever had Cigar City. I don't think so. Well, this is from Cigar City Brewing. Uh, it's actually from Perrin. It's a. It's a oh, co- it's a. It's a it's, collab. It's a, it's a collab. C- collab. It's a collab. <laughs> uh, man, we're gonna have to dig in a little bit and see if we've had this one before. I feel like we. I have. checked my listy do. It wasn't there. Okay. All right, the listy do. The listy do has the final say. <laughs> uh, from Cigar City Brewing and Perrin Brewing Company. This is a collab series. It's called White Noise, Imperial White IPA. Hopefully we never do the movie White Noise because this would be perfect. I was <laughs> I was actually saving it for that, but this is becoming hard to find. Mostly because I think it's old. <laughs> so <laughs> What do we got here? I uh, saw it and I jumped on it. So we'll see. That's uh My normal place doesn't carry it anymore. I had to get that from Embassy, and if you know and if you've ever heard us talk about this place around here called Embassy, they they typically don't ever rotate their stock. Mm-hmm. Oh, and God. uh did you say you got this from Embassy? Yes, I did. Oh no. <laughs> so Wait, this... have you had this for a while? No. Oh okay. no, I just bought it. Oh, so boy. this could be terrible. Yeah, this might be awful. This I've, could be terrible. I've spent money, <laughs> I will never spend money at Embassy again. I get stuff in there periodically, but it, I think it's their weird stuff that they don't they don't yeah. really uh, yeah. rotate very well, like the the kind of stuff that not everybody drinks. And I've had some stuff come like oh. I've I've actually What's poured this? chunks out of a beer before. <laughs> oh, I got the chunky! Oh, I'll tie the lucky one. I don't suppose these first one, two, three, four, five, six numbers on this tag are a date. Oh God, right? I hope not, because it it's is, like 2012, right? It is and then it says zero, BC. It is zero eight. <laughs> One two zero eight one two one six. 
That is very possible. It's very possible mm-hmm. this could be the date of it. Yeah, this might be from 2016. <laughs> well, we're about to find out, gentlemen. Yep. Um, oh, this might not be vegan, though, because there could be something living in it. Oh. <laughs> All right. White Noise is a collaboration Imperial White IPA made by the brewers from Perrin Brewing Company and Cigar City. This monster Imperial White IPA is packed with lemon drop, Denali, and Chinook hops. Paired with lemon peel, juniper berries, and lemongrass spices, and fermented with a Belgian yeast. Uh, wheat and oat malts create a silky smooth body, leading to a deceptively easy drinking imperial beer that's <laughs> sure to pull you into another dimension of IPAs. Ooh. 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 I'm into it. I love the, uh, the, the verbiage and all of that stuff. I want to memorize some of these when you read them. So that way when I'm out with someone, they're like, oh, try this beer. What do you think? Well, the, the <laughs> flavor of the Chinook hops in my palate, the way it represents the berries and the fragrance and the fragile. It's, uh, <laughs> it's or, uh, or you can walk and be like, what kind of hops are there? You got the fish hops. <laughs> I'm, That's that salmon hops. I'm picking up lemon drop, uh, Denali, and what's that, Chinook hops? <laughs> It's got a deceptively easy drink. Uh, just know that just if you are that person that does that, you are the biggest douchebag in the room. Like, just, know, just know that. We we only we only <laughs> pretend to do it on this show, but if you actually do it in real life, you're an asshole. You could have sewer, especially that. Because sewer you probably water get, in there. Especially because you probably get paid way more money to be an asshole than we'll probably ever make. <laughs> you could have sewer That's water fair. in that bottle labeled with that description, and I would drink it and love it. Right? Labeled with... it sounds good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, does it look good? I mean, it. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Let me see. It well, smells good. I mean, it smells. It's strong. It's well, an imperial well, IPA for sure. But what line are you you boys up to? Here we go. I got a little bit more. To pour. It's for your red solo cup glass. <laughs> I couldn't think of a final <laughs> rhyme. <laughs> we didn't yeah, get special glasses. We got the solo yeah, cups. We got red were, solo cups. Yeah, this, they were closer. Gonna, this is going to be a very uh, unsatisfying. Clink. Well, we only had to walk three steps for these, so. <laughs> Here, listen, ready? <laughs> Do we need to overdub a sample in there? Cling, cling, cling. No, that's good. I like it. I like <laughs> it the way it is. That's the sound of, you know those, you know those, uh, you ever seen those mountain rams when they ram each other? Like, they're super loud. That was like two of them just walked up to each other and just tapped, like, clunk. It's more like a what's up, bro kind of thing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the laziest, the laziest head rap. Hey, what's up, man? All right. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's good. I don't know, man. I think it's... <laughs> I don't know. It's not completely unpalatable, but it it's is... kind of flat. It's it, a little bit flat, and it's not as... This um, might be old. It definitely doesn't have the, the, the... I feel the right taste for an Imperial IPA. No. It's, um... Yeah. <laughs> what am I chewing? <laughs> no, so it, new, it's another <laughs> another uh, another embassy classic. <laughs> oh my god! It's better than repeating a beer, though. I'd rather I'd rather drink a bad beer than repeat a beer. That's true. That Even is you true. Think I might have anyway. I'll wait to see <laughs> when you guys I... finish your first glass and who goes running to the bathroom first before I uh, partake in the finishing line. I'm almost on my way. Actually, the second <laughs> drink was. Uh, the second drink was a little better, I feel. Uh. There's like that underlying soy sauce taste. 
or yeah. something. People yep. feel like that should be in beer. <laughs> it's in a lot of it's. I, it, I feel like it's in a lot of imperial yeah, that, IPAs. Yeah, see, though. my second. My or no, second. it's uh, stouts. Uh, with the uh, like that sriracha one that we had that one time. Ooh, sure. that, was just, like, that was just gross. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> you second. Probably also got it from Embassy. My second sip of this was worse than the first. It's it's lingering. It's uh. Just don't breathe through your nose when you drink. <laughs> It's almost like the the wet gym socks you ring out into a bottle. Kind of, it's kind of got a little bit of hint. My of wet socks, wet gym socks. I I don't know what that tastes like, and I'm 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 okay with that. Oh, you're missing out, man. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> oh, sorry. So this, so I like Pear and Brewing Company. As do I. Uh, I don't think I've ever had anything from Cigar City, but if Perrin is collabing collabing with them, then I can't imagine they're a bad brewery. I, say have, this. I have to guess that this is an old bottle and we're not really getting the full experience. I agree. Because I don't want to speak poorly of Parent because I actually do enjoy their beers quite a bit. I agree. I'm going to say this. If they ever start rebottling this, like if you ever see fresh bottles, I'm going to claim it right here, right now. This one's okay to revisit. Yeah. And then we'll do the Kevin Bacon classic, White Noise. Was Kevin Bacon in that? Yeah, wasn't it? Kevin Bacon? I don't think so. No, that was Stir of Echoes. Who was oh, in? White, how could you? How could who you? Who was in White Noise? I think it was like Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. That's it. Yes. Dude, Six degrees of Michael Keaton. Yeah. I it, come on. Birdman himself, they, not Batman. Those Birdman. Those movies both have sort of the same vibe. I don't know. No, they don't. They've got not like, even. They've not got even like, a little. You've bit. never seen White Noise. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. You're right. I haven't seen it. <laughs> we're just gonna. We're just gonna leave it at that. I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> All right. So the, um, the the movies we are watching, we haven't actually talked about the movies we're actually watching. Um, we're watching WNUF Halloween Special, mm-hmm. which is the more fun of the two. <clears throat> and then we're watching the BBC, like, notorious classic, mm. Ghost Watch. Yes. Which neither one of us knew really all that much about it. Like, I knew what it was, but beyond that, I knew it was, like, kind of known for a couple of things. I didn't think that it was going to hold up because it was made in 1992. Especially going into it knowing that it was fake right yeah yeah well, because it was it's one of these things it's like it, it's one of these uh war of the world type things very war of much the so. type things where but, people watched it and thought that it was real and freaked out about it and we'll, we'll talk we'll talk a whole <clears> bunch <throat> about this when we get to the movie you know but it uh, i think it's fair to say it definitely exceeded our expectations yeah um like i legitimately at one point in time got goosebumps yeah at the end i showed you was, like it, i'm like dude i legitimately yeah. have goosebumps it right was now. fun there's a lot of crazy stuff to spot in this movie and yeah. we had a good time like going back a few seconds and, and spotting stuff yep. so it was, it was really cool but uh, we'll deep dive into that then though uh before speaking of deep diving first let's deep dive to the south to the swamp to the swamp <laughs> 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 to, to, the, to the old boon that lives in the swamp. When they eventually drain the swamp, uh, he's going to get thrown out with it. Jimmy oh. Tony. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. What good is he? After the, after this is done, after all these MCU movies are done, what, well, I, I what just, purpose does he serve? Uh, so we can just take him out back in old Yeller room. So we can do, I mean, would anybody in your family really be that mad? <laughs> Yeller. <laughs> oh, boy. I probably cried more at old Yeller than I would really care for that. <laughs> All right, let's give Jimmy Tony a call. It's Jimmy Tony's marvelous minute. All right, it's time for the uh, town. It's town. It's, no, it it's is time. town <laughs> for Jimmy Tony. That's what it's time for. Jimmy Tony, you there? What's up, boys? It's Hi. town 
come for the town. <laughs> I knew you heard that. I'm not gonna live that down, am I? I hear everything, man. I got eyes on the walls, brother. Oh, you're like you're like like Jesus. You're just always around. You hear everything. Seems a bit blasphemous, but we'll just move on from that, man. <laughs> How you doing, Jimmy Tony? Not too bad, boys. How you doing? Good. I'm, uh, I'm doing okay. Don't You're... care. Don't care. Jay, how you doing, man? Fantastic, my uh, brother from right. another mud. Yeah, brother. I love you. How you doing? Very good. Very good, man. Jimmy Tony. Yep. What are you doing for Halloween? What are you dressing up as? Halloween? <laughs> I don't dress up for Halloween, boys. Uh, my life is a Halloween costume. That's that's actually very true. Yeah. That might be the most true thing you've ever said. Uh, you've seen me in person. I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend like I'm not shocking to look at. <laughs> um, I've been to some pretty scary haunted houses, and I got to be honest with you, I, I, they're nothing compared to you. Nothing. Well, uh, I've been to your house and. Uh, your mom goes as an angel every single year. <laughs> yeah, she does. That's th thank you, Jimmy Tony. That's, oh, that's damn it. That, was, that was sweet of him. <laughs> I was hoping that would rub you the wrong way, but <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> kind of like your mom rubs me the right way. <laughs> Woo! All right, Jimmy Tony, what'd you watch this week? Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, Spider Man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First one in the MCU. That little boy. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Is it, uh, you know what? I'm going to leave that one go. Uh, you got a minute on the clock here, Jay? That's it. All right. Jimmy Tony, you have a minute. Are you that ready? We're, that we're not going to keep you to. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready, boy. <laughs> you, you you boys know by this point that that minute doesn't mean shit. But, but it, it's, it keeps you in line a little bit. Nothing keeps me in line, boy, except for a <laughs> bottle of Jack Daniels and a pack of Marlboro Reds. Well, that, that's, that's a man right there. That's me in line, fella. <laughs> All right, Jimmy Tony, minute on the clock. Spider-Man, go. And go. All right, what can I say, man? Despite my ruggedly handsome, tough as nails, half dirty Harry, half Charles Bronson exterior, I'm actually kind of a sucker for a feel-good story. You know what I'm saying, boys? Uh, you know what? I don't know that I want to know what kind of feel-good stories you're actually into. Well, but uh ask your mom, my man. Uh, whew. Ooh, yes, sir. I do love an underdog. I myself have a bit of a rags-to-riches kind of story. Well, rags-to-britches? Yeah, no, rags-to-riches. It's not exactly rags-to-riches. It's more of a rags-to-less-dirty-rags kind of story. You know sounds, what I mean? So, sounds about right. <laughs> so I really identify with the hero in this picture. Man, I tell you, seeing a man who, despite all of his hard work, is basically ignored, climbs that ladder to seal his own fate and write his name in the stars, man, that was so damn inspiring to me. And all the while, this little prick Spider-Man tries to destroy <laughs> his hard work at every damn turn, man. Wait, wait, wait. Did we watch the same movie? What are you talking about? Oh, there oh, there the hogs. Get off my hell. damn lawn. Yeah, get off my lawn, man. Spider-Man was the, the hero. Spider-Man was the one that was that was taking out the bad guys. No, man, no. We we watched a different movie, man. <laughs> that, that is just dead wrong. It, I mean, okay, okay, give me... Explain this to me. Well, let, let's look at the evidence here, man. We got Peter Parker, Spider-Man versus Adrian Toomes, the Vulture, right? Okay. Peter Parker wants to drop out of high school to pursue, pursue a pipe dream of being a vigilante. <laughs> he ditched his friend Ned at a party. He's constantly sneaking out. Well, that at was all... kind of a dick move, not yeah, going to lie. It was a dick move, damn it. We agree on something. He's constantly sneaking out at all hours, causing his sweet and beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Aunt May to worry. His reckless behavior led to the destruction of a local sandwich shop and almost caused the untimely death of the humble proprietor of the establishment. 
He jailbroke the hardware and the software on a multi-million dollar suit graciously gifted to him by Tony Stark. Okay, and yeah, used yeah. his web to stick poor Donald Glover's hand to his car, <laughs> even though he knew that that guy had ice cream in the trunk, man. That's gonna melt. It's gonna be a soupy mess by the time that shit disintegrates. He is the, he is the villain. Is that your hero? Mike? I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but you bring up a lot of really good points. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what I'm saying. That's not my hero. No thanks. Let's let's take a look at Adrian Toomes, the Vulture. He's a hard-working, blue-collar guy who gets screwed over by the government. That's a tale as old as time, boys. His business is about to go under, and he's got a whole crew that needs to eat, and he knows it. So what's he do when everybody else would throw the towel in, ma'am? He starts a brand-new company, knowing full well what kind of financial risks are involved with starting a company in this free-market economy. He reverse engineers alien technology and creates new exciting products that the world has never seen, all to provide a comfortable life for his wife and his daughter. <laughs> and speaking of his daughter, ma'am, he takes he, he he this shining beacon of fatherhood takes time out of his busy schedule to make sure that he can drive his daughter to the prom, despite the fact that her date is this little puke Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of all that. This man He's getting fired up. <laughs> on top of all that, this man teaches himself to pilot a homemade turbine-powered flight suit. That is a hero. That, that is and impressive. A and a national damn treasure. I, Jimmy Tony, um, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I, you're making some really solid points here. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't genuinely. Uh, I don't genuinely care about your opinion, ma'am. I know I you don't. That. I do appreciate that. I I kind of feel like um, I kind of feel like we've been misled this entire time. Peter like, Spider Man's a dick. He's a he's a dick, man. He is a dick. <laughs> now I, I I give him the benefit of the doubt. He's only like twelve years old or some shit. I don't know. Maybe he'll grow up and you know be the man that Tony Stark wants him to be. But right now he's not the man. Well. All right, well, you got some scores for us? Yeah, I got some scores. Uh, Adrian Toomes, the vulture, gets a 10 for being a stand-up father <laughs> and for being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And, uh, just an all-around fantastic human being. Uh, Aunt May, just just like in the... Uh, well, she wasn't in the first Spider-Man. What movie was she, she in? She was in Civil War. Civil War, man. Whatever whatever score I gave her in Civil War, I give her again. It's probably like 4,000 or something like that. <laughs> just a beautiful woman. And also, she puts up with that little shit and, uh, and does it with grace. It's true. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Donald Glover. I don't remember the name of his character, but uh, God bless that boy for not be finding Spider-Man and beating the hell out of him because his damn ice cream melted. <laughs> I'll give him a ten. Why not? Uh, in this movie overall, I'm gonna give it. Now, are we looking at this from my perspective or your perspective? Uh, it, it's it's this is your show, or, my friend. Or have our perspectives become one? No, no, no. Stay stay away from anything of mine becoming one of anything of yours. That's <laughs> Just, fair, man. That's, that's fair. Stay that away. I respect that. Another opinion of yours, I respect. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna look from my perspective, and I'm gonna give this one a uh, an eight point five. All right, all right. Yep. Not quite as good as Doctor Strange or. Uh, uh, what did we watch last week? I would say I would say overall the movie was uh, was pretty close to Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy, That's it. but it was just that damn insufferable little Spider-Man that I could not stand, man. So well, I had to knock a couple points off. 
All right. Well, I uh, I can't say that I disagree with you. The more you say that, the less I like it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to hating each other. You, get, you guys are friends now, man. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that. Let's not get too crazy here. Give, give us another week. We'll be back to it. Yeah. Um, but for the time being, I'm going to enjoy this 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 meeting of the minds we're having here, Jimmy Tony. Yeah, I don't enjoy it too much, yeah, man. I won't. I won't. All right. Well, that's it for me, boys. I'm out of here. All right, Jimmy. All we'll man, see you next later, week. Jimmy Tony. Um, wow, you guys agreed on something. I Listen, listen. It, I've never looked at Spider-Man from that perspective before, but i got to be honest with you, he's not wrong. No. I mean, <laughs> he's I, really not wrong. Put it in, in that way, I can totally see that, man. You know, it's like, I feel like this is going to list. This is this is what leads you, though, to a life of crime when you start sympathizing with the carrot, with the bad guys. What are you guys uh, talking about? That leads about? you to like being the one that's going to blow up the buildings. It's going to rob the banks. Oh, you're We're, back. Did they have that beer at the store over there? Uh, oh, white noise. Yeah, yeah, and it was fresh too. Oh, Good. how was it? Twenty eighteen. It was how? delicious. I pounded the whole bottle. Yeah. 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 How did how did uh, how Jimmy how Jimmy Tony go? You just got off the phone with your cousin, and uh, he uh, him and Mike agreed on some stuff. We got along. Really? We, like, like a house on fire, but we got along. <laughs> we did. We did. All right. But, uh, you know. Yeah, it's not a good color on you guys. Yeah. Well, you know, I I. I don't know what to tell you. I'm I'm fl- I'm, I'm flabbergasted. All right? Flabbergasted. <laughs> I I don't I don't know what just happened, other than the fact that I know I don't like it. All right. So uh, well, next week I'm gonna just be mad at him no matter what, just to kind of like write the that's fair. Write the ship. Yeah. Like, that's even fair. if he even if he comes in as like a saint, I'm just gonna be like, well, fuck you and your dog, Jimmy Tony. Like that's that's the stance I'm taking yeah. next week. Seems a little mean. His dog's actually pretty nice, but whatever. Uh, well, anyway, that's what we're drinking, that's what we're talking about, and that was Jimmy Tony. So let's get into the bleed feed. feed. Alright, um, good news. Yes. Nobody bit the dust this week. Oh, wow. So it's, uh, it's a good week by any, by any measure. Mm-hmm. Literally nobody in the world, Jeez. in the entire world. Hmm. That's probably going to offset some. <laughs> That's a lie. There were two guys locally that died this week. <laughs> oh God, I feel terrible. Now. And those were horrible stories. Uh, okay, nobody that we cared about died this oh, week. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. No, nobody. Nobody in the horror world though passed away this week, which is always a good thing. Um, but uh, as <laughs> Jay pointed out, <laughs> we're assholes because oh, fuck my life. All right. Um, speaking of fucking your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. One thing that I say fuck my life to is when movies are about to get remade that I just don't think they should be remade. Mm-hmm. Right. One of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> one of those movies is The Craft. Uh. I, I I have a hard time with The Craft. I'm usually actually more okay with remakes than not yeah but this is a movie this would be like if they tried to remake empire records empire records if i've never said this before is hands down my favorite non-horror movie probably ever made Mm. i i've seen that movie more i've seen that movie probably more than any have you seen it more than evil dead i've probably seen it at least three times more than evil dead i used to come home from high school and literally just put that movie on as background noise it was constantly i went through three tapes of it in mm. high school, um, it's, it's just I just love that movie. Tapes, 
tapes. How old are you? VCR cassettes, James. <laughs> um, anyway, though, The Craft, though, is sort of that movie to me. Like, not that it's, it, there's nothing similar about it, but it feels the same yeah. sort of to me. I don't know why, but it always, it, do, it does. I didn't see that movie till a little bit later, actually. I think when we watched it for the show was my yeah. first time seeing it. But it, it gave me that impression of it right off the bat. So to me, it's just that that ensemble cast is never going to be duplicated. And it's, you know, it they just, work so well together. It just has a 90s feel, too, that it's just, it's that's where it, it's better to just leave it there. I agree. Um, so I'm not, so I have not been so excited about when you hear casting news and all that. However, there was a little bit of casting news that I was excited about. Okay. It gives the Craft remake a glimmer of hope. And that is uh, Fox Mulder himself, David Duchovny, oh. has been cast in the Craft. Not sure what role he's playing. But hopefully he plays the same <laughs> character that he plays in Californication, which is like a sex-crazed dude. Oh, yeah. Because that would just liven up the craft. I mean, why not? <laughs> um, I don't know. I love David Duchovny, so I, I will watch him in anything. So it's a, it lifts it up a little bit, I Any, suppose. You'll watch him in anything? Literally in anything. Okay. Including... Where the girls aren't at eight. Wait, what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, okay, uh, it's the Halloween season. One of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest movies to watch during Halloween is Trick or Treat, classic, yeah. right? Absolutely, Mike Dory's uh, classic. It is now ten years old at this, is it at this really? point. Yep. Wow. Hard to believe. It's about yeah. ten years old. And uh, the the idea of Trick or Treat two is something that every single year gets asked about. Mm-hmm. You know, every, every year they're like, "When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it?" And we've gotten close a couple times. There's actually, I want to say, there was a convention that they were at. They actually showed a Trick or Treat two logo. So it got close at one point in time. Really? Um, when was that? Do you know? I don't know. I, I saw a picture of it though. Okay. So it, it did happen. Um, however, though, it kind of seems like this uh, the train has stopped once again. And apparently, Legendary Pictures is the company that owns um, owns the rights to it. Mm-hmm. And they've gone through a couple of regime changes. Uh, changes. So according to Mike Doherty, it's not nothing's on the books right now. He's doing other stuff for whatever. Uh-huh. He just did Godzilla. You know, I'm sure he's his I'm sure his plate is full of stuff right now. Yeah. Uh, he he did say the moment that they say they're interested and ready to go, we'll see if the stars align. So he's not opposed to doing it, but until Legendary wants to do it, mm. it doesn't seem like we're gonna get it. Yeah. So and you know he go he went on to say in this interview with uh, comicbookmovie.com, you know he understands that maybe he shouldn't do one. You know maybe it's just kind of best left alone. It it is what it is. Let it stand. Don't worry about it. And I kind of agree with that too. It is a great standalone anthology. Like you know, it's not. You could do a you could do a spinoff with Sam maybe, and just don't call it Trick or Treat too. You could do like a Sam an anthology hosted by Sam, even though he doesn't talk or something. <laughs> I don't know. You could do something with a character maybe. Just don't do another Trick or Treat movie. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's not really like a. I don't know. He doesn't strike me as a central character though you know what i mean or he like the role that he played in trick-or-treat was amazing though or what you every year we get new anthology movies around Mm -hmm. halloween time right Mm -hmm. just have sam show up in random anthology movies like just a random sam story that would probably be a licensing nightmare but it would be cool. Yeah, Listen, sure. This is pipe dream here. This yeah, is this is fantasy it'd be booking. Really okay? cool for Freddy Krueger to just pop up in random anthologies too. But... Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That you get it. Why can't everybody just get along and just let everybody else use your intellectual property? Well, there just... you. <laughs> come there on, you... guys. Come on, guys. 
Come on. <laughs> well, speaking of using and abusing intellectual property, oh, no. um, the Halloween franchise has gone through its fair share of uh, ups and downs mm-hmm. with people just taking that character and completely bastardizing it. <laughs> uh, mostly in the middle of it. Some people say the Rob Zombie movies, if you're not into those. But Michael Myers has been through has been through the ringer, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, if you if you're like me and you love learning about the the intricacies of how a lot of these movies came to be and the behind the scenes stories and how like the scripts changed and all that, uh, you'll be happy to know that there's a new book coming out called Taking Shape: Developing Halloween. This is gonna be a new book that has uh, it's basically like you know those um those two documentaries about Friday Thirteenth and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, it's that in book form. Hmm. So there's tons of new interviews, tons of new information, uh, people that are talking for the very first time about the the entire franchise, you know, uh, and it's just really cool. Like uh, you can see how the scripts evolve from this to this to this. Why did they do the thorn? Why did they change the mask? Sure. Even though a lot of that a lot of that part is known a little bit, but like. Tons of stuff, or whatever, and it's really cool. I like these collectible books. I think they're really cool. I think they're they're cool conversation pieces, and, and I do too. I actually I like I like owning books, but all I can say is I don't know how to read. I, <laughs> I never learned how to read. No, I hope this one will be <laughs> available in audiobook, uh, audiobook uh, um, version because. I, I never I don't have know I, this I, kind I, of book's gonna get that kind I of love, treatment. But. I love having books. Like I, I've got an office in my house with a sizable book smells of sweet mahogany and leather bound <laughs> rich, books. rich mahogany and leather bound <laughs> books. I like having books, but I, I, I have so little time to actually sit down and read a physical book yeah. that I love having. And this is one that I would really be interested in. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to run down here real quick of what the book contains. Comprehensive story analysis on the entire series. Mm-hmm. You got a rundown of all the deleted and alternate scenes. Mm-hmm. You have a look at what scholars got right and wrong about H1. Um, you have exclusive details on Nigel Neen's original H3 script. Nigel Neal. Nigel Neal. His original Halloween 3 script. Comparisons of early scripts and the final theatrical films, which that to me is awesome. Because yeah. you can see like what their intentions were and then how the studio fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a good compare and contrast. Uh, That's a perfect way to put it, too. <laughs> a rare interview with Halloween 5 screenwriter Michael Jacobs. An exhaustive account an exhaustive account of Halloween 6's troubled production. <laughs> so you know there's going to be some gem stories in there uh-huh. with that. Uh, an examination of H2O's roots as a direct-to-video sequel, a revealing look at behind the grunge of Rob Zombie's era, insight to how test audiences and executives shaped the films, aka fucked up the films, um, and then you have in-depth uh, dissection of the official novelizations. Nice. That's another part of it that I find interesting, because the novelizations oftentimes have stuff that are not it's in the movies, yeah. not, in the, not in the scripts, not anywhere. It's new new stuff, basically. Right. Um, so it's very cool. It's only twenty three ninety nine on bucks. Amazon. That's good. I am going to pick this book up For at sure. some point in time. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's called Taking Shape. So if you're interested in it, look it up. Uh, speaking of things that are taking shape, uh, we're getting a new horror movie from you're, Sam Raimi. You're just dead on with your segues tonight. <laughs> right? Uh, we're getting a new horror Raimi from... Uh, horror Raimi. <laughs> horror Raimi. <laughs> Dang it, you screwed me up. We're getting a new horror movie from Sam Raimi, which is super exciting. He hasn't directed a horror film since uh, Drag Me to Hell. Which, which was we, so good. Which we loved. Yeah. And uh, this movie is 
shaping up to be uh, to be pretty good. And by that, there's really no information on it, other than it's being written by the guys, uh, the, the guys that wrote Freddy vs. Jason and Friday Thirteenth, uh, the the remake. Which I like the remake a lot. A lot of people give that movie shit. I liked it. I also liked Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, uh, Friday 2009? Yep. Yeah, totally. I, I liked like it both, too. I like yeah. both those movies. I think they're both fun. So I'm on board with Sam Raimi directing a fun script from guys that wrote fun movies. That seems like a win-win to me. Yeah. Hopefully it's Friday the 13th 3D. Directed by Sam Raimi. But it's not going to be. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, what do we got on blues this week, James? All right. This isn't... Uh... This this was already previously announced that this blue was coming out, but uh, if you happen to find yourself at Walmart uh-huh. looking to pick up a copy of Satanic Panic, uh, which was just released this past week, uh, you might have a little bit of a hard time finding it under the S section. You oh. Might, you might want to move back. Is it Haytanic? You might want to move back to the P section because Walmart, in a very smart move, Remove the word satanic from the title Satanic Panic. Very smart. We don't want to cause mass hysteria with the word satanic. God, keep keep the devil out of our Walmarts. My God. That's exactly that's (laughs) Keep the keep the devil out of Walmarts. That's that's such a loaded statement. This is ironic because Walmart, in certain circles, is actually known as Satan's asshole. <laughs> and those certain circles are my, my house <laughs> and my parents' house. My parents hate Walmart so much that my dad actually, he was looking for something the other day. I just remembered this. He was looking for something the other day. I have to pull the picture up for you. And <clears throat> at, at all the stores, they live in Bad Axe. It's a small town. Sure. So there's not a lot of options for uh, looking around town for certain products. Across the street. That's, that's <laughs> my, my dad couldn't find a tractor supply, you know, whatever. My dad couldn't find a particular product, and so my mom sent us a text message that said, when you need to go to the bad store to buy something, you go in disguise. And my dad is wearing a big coat with the collar popped up, <laughs> and he's got electrical tape on his eyebrows. No, and no. A, and a mustache he did not. and a goatee. <laughs> he didn't actually do it, though. Oh, well, I don't know if he actually they went like They probably thought he was coming in to rob the place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he actually went like that, but, uh, yeah, my mom... Um, sent the picture and it was oh delightful. God, that's that's amazing. <laughs> um, I'll find it for you in a minute. Uh, let me just continue with the uh, with the uh, the uh, news the, the, here about the blues. So apparently, uh, Walmart also did this with the movie movie Deathgasm. Yes, did you know yeah, that? Yeah, they called it was it, just called Gasm. <laughs> no, they called it <laughs> they called it Heavy Metal Apocalypse. Yep. I did like, hear about. I did hear about that. It's seriously, you know, it's just the most fucking like white bread white bread ass dudes like sitting behind the scenes like oh we can't have this we can't have the word deathgasm it's it's death and orgasm don't they know that gasms are bad <laughs> we can still give it an edgy name though like heavy metal apocalypse i'd be i'd be what very... are the kids into these days heavy metal let's call it that heavy metal apocalypse what what were you gonna say i say i wonder how many other movies though have the name death in the title and how many other movies have gasm in the title <laughs> why did that one get Singled out. Yeah, like with like like death death proof. What did they call that one? Gasm proof. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. Oh man. That's the one. I met somebody who was gasm proof once. <laughs> 
All right. After a successful run in theaters this summer, Ready or Not, starring Samara Weaving as a fine mm. bride who mm-hmm. <laughs> new bride who gets caught up in a twisted game of hide and seek mm-hmm. with her new in-laws, will be hitting movies movies anywhere. Which this was not a this wasn't a service that I had actually heard of. Do you know what movies anywhere? Is? Yeah, I've heard of it before. I've never used it. It it is it, basically what it looks like is so we have uh, we have. Shutter and Amazon Prime and Vudu and Netflix and all that other shit and movies anywhere. I I think what it does is basically you set up an account and then it brings all of those together so that you can just go and you can search on movies anywhere and if it's on Netflix well, or the, Prime or Shutter, you still have to pay Shutter, for all the individual things though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but movies anywhere is free. Interesting. So instead of us, so they have their own exclusive things plus whatever you're signed so up for. So instead of us going on, like whenever we're looking for a movie each week, when when we need to watch certain movies, yeah. we'll look on each of the services. Instead of doing that, you can just go on movies anywhere. I think this is what it is. Interesting. You can just go on mo- movies anywhere, and it will search every single one of them for you. Interesting. So that's pretty clever. Uh, it's it's operated by the Walt Disney Company, so uh, be censoring your shit. Oh boy! I don't know. If that's true. Is that I don't know. <laughs> if there's, is, I don't know. Is that like a factual thing? What else? Yeah. Um. Uh. It, so it's on movies anywhere on November third, and Blu-ray and DVD on December third. The release will include making of featurettes as well as a gag reel and audio commentary with, with radio silence and Samara weaving, and that's it. That's Very all cool. for blues. All right, um, Robert Eggers is quickly becoming one of uh, one of my favorite directors, even though I've only seen one of his movies. <laughs> now, just bear with me here. Yeah, no, no, uh, I know. The The Witch was amazing. We both loved it. The Vavitch. The Lighthouse looks incredible. It's getting it, great it reviews, looks too. Incre- I, I read a, an interview with um, Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was completely fucking wasted on set. Every single time his character's wasted, he's literally just out of his fucking gourd. Hmm. There were times when Willem Dafoe threatened to walk off the set because he was afraid Pattinson was going to puke on him. He was so <laughs> drunk. Um, so anyway, though, it looks to be amazing, though. It's called acting, Willem. Acting. Acting. Um, if you have to say that to Willem Dafoe, the man who <laughs> makes people hold his piss because he's, well, pissed off. Um, yeah, anyway, though, uh, Robert Eggers apparently is... In the process of developing a remake of Nosferatu, oh. which I think is brilliant, absolutely brilliant with his style mm-hmm. and the way that he makes his movies, yeah, this is a absolutely perfect because Nosferatu, and I'm pretty sure that he's actually said something very similar to this. Nosferatu is like the folk version of Dracula, Dracula. sort of, mm-hmm. sort of, like yeah. in in a, in a certain way, and being that he does like folk stories mm-hmm. it's kind of perfect yeah um and that's really really cool that's like my highlight of the week because i'm de- picturing in my head a robert eggers nosferatu movie and i'm getting a little tight in the pants <laughs> like it's happening it needs that it needs to happen this needs to not fall apart because i need this in my life okay it's the uh, tight in the pants because of the the Halloween costume thing, like where you said that your gut was going to bust nope. or, or the other. Because th- of my gigantic <laughs> erection over Nosferatu. Oh. <laughs> That's why. Oh, you went there. Okay. Went there. <laughs> Being medical up in this. Um that's that's all I got though. Like, cause, I don't know. It's just really awesome to me. Like, I think of Robert Eggers <laughs> making remaking Nosferatu, and I just that's that's the best news of the week for me. You're getting medical. <laughs> 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 just picture your doctor's 
It's a, it's a gigantic erection. <laughs> it's very medical. All right. That, that's it then? That's it. All right, Jay, what do you got that's for it. us? That brings us to our stupid fact of the day. And, and I got to tell you, boys, in the recent past, I've been doing uh, stupid facts kind of relating to what our topic is for the day. Yeah. But, but I came across this uh, recently, and I thought that I should share this one rather. So it's not directly related, but it's something that I would do, and I think that this is funny. Okay. So one man set a world record... By putting on 260 t-shirts at one time. <laughs> it's like the world's biggest like ball of string, is, only like t-shirt. Is there a picture? The, uh, no, but oh. his name is Ted Hastings, and his son asked him whether or not he could set an official Guinness World Record, and so we decided to give it a try by doing this. So on February 17th, 2019, he reached his goal by wearing 260 t-shirts at one time. He was able to get 20 shirts on by himself, and after that, he required assistance from a team to help him put them on into <laughs> Sizes ranging from medium up to 20x. 20x? Around the 150 shirt mark. There were concerns about his ability to breathe due to the weight of the fabric. But he was determined to keep going, and he beat the previous record of 257 shirts. There was another record of this? <laughs> what the hell? That's, I want to see a picture of this. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look it up and see, find yeah, it. See if you can find it. That's amazing. That's, uh, that's pretty <laughs> 260 t-shirts at once. I can't, even, I can't even fathom that. I'm more astounded by the fact I challenge that- you. 261, Jay. I'm more astounded by the fact that shirts go up to 20XL. Yeah, right? That's crazy. Oh. King Kong needs shirts, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, who, the, who the fuck would wear a 20XL? I don't know. No no offense to you people, whoever you are, but like... <laughs> you people. <laughs> if you're wearing a 20X, what I just said is not the worst thing going on in your life. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> All right, uh, folks. So that was your stupid fact of the day, and boom, that was the news. All right. All right. Thanks, Jay. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick, quick break here, and we get back. We're going to get into some super fun, super spooky, super real TV oh. broadcasts. Wow. Now I have questions. <laughs> you should. <laughs> Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Welcome back to the WNUF Halloween special. That was my radio voice. Was it good? It was, uh, was it pretty good? Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I got a face for radio. What can I say? All right. Uh, first up on the docket today, you have the uh, the WNUF Halloween special from 2013. Uh, this is directed by a guy named Chris LaMartina. Um, so this is was this movie was made to basically be... Uh, a throwback to was it 1988? Is that what it was? I think it was 88. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It was basically made to be like this random tape that somebody found that just had this Halloween special on it from 1988. Mm-hmm. It is complete with commercials. Yeah. It is complete with the whole entire news broadcast before the special, <laughs> which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, really does, and we'll get into this uh, like as we're talking about it, but it does such a good job of world building before it actually gets into the, the, the tofu, if you will, of what the story is. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that's one of the best strengths about this movie. <clears throat> I love this. It 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 has like a, the the opening shots of the movie is the blue VCR screen to where if you pop the tape in, it's just like a blue screen. And then it's a just little play, bit of static, a little and, bit of yeah. static, just play up at the top, and it's like it's it's literally like you're just watching a VHS tape, and it's incredible. The quality is just shit. <laughs> <laughs> like it looks terrible mm-hmm. on purpose. Um, but it was so successful in it, you know. Like it's one of those things where you you could not make an uglier thing look more beautiful. So here's the thing, you know. I actually I I hadn't been to the IMDb page for this mm-hmm. until right now. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know this was from 2013. I knew it was newer. I I knew that it wasn't from the 80s. Obviously, I didn't know it was from 2013. They nailed. Oh yeah. The the 80s. VHS vibe. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like that's like just I said, that's it. Outside mm. of the story, like even if you just put this in, like there's a big market. Believe it or not, there is a huge market for tapes from TV VHS tapes. Really? Oh, huge! Hundreds of dollars people will spend on them. What? Not kidding you either. Why? Oh, because um, they want the commercials. They want and the stuff? vintage commercials. Mm-hmm. They want the vintage programming stuff that you'll never see again. They want it to have basically i probably have a gold mine in my parents i'm telling you people spend big big money on it it happens and uh that's exactly what this is replicating because you have like they went ahead and they got like um so not all of the commercials that were shot were made by the filmmakers Mm -hmm. they bought uh archival footage is that why there's so many directors probably because there's you have chris uh lamartina and then there's I think six other directors. It could be. It also could be people just doing different things. I'm not exactly sure how okay. that breaks down. All right. That being said, I know that the that the production bought basically like archival footage and then of old commercials and then just kind of made their own commercials on top of them by using voiceovers and 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 uh, graphics and that kind of stuff. And wonder... a lot of them look the same. If you notice, like they're kind of like the same template for a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them are are, are sort of the. Uh... The say no to drugs types commercials, sort of type commercials sort of, yeah. too. I wonder if a lot of those, because that was a bit like the war on drugs was started in the eighties, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. By um, this is your brain. This is your brain. No, those were nineties commercials. The brain on drugs commercials, brain, yeah. Where the chick is just losing her mind with a frying <laughs> pan. It's like that chick's on drugs. <laughs> I get it. That commercial always just made me hungry. <laughs> I want some fucking eggs. This is your brain. And mom, then they would crack Mom, the... do some drugs and make me some eggs. <laughs> and my mom would. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good life. Um... <laughs> That's why your dad puts masking tape on his face. All the drugs, man. Oh, I didn't find that picture for you yet, though. Um, yeah, it just so effective. The, the, the vintage commercials were fantastic. Like, even when they repeated. Yeah. Because there was, there was one, there was the one for, like, Carpet World... I think they showed five and, or six times, and, and every time I would watch it, I, I would think... And eventually, it's almost like the person who's watching the VHS tape starts to get sick of what they're watching, and they, they start the, to fast, fast forward, forward through oh, stuff. Oh, it's so good. But that, that particular that point, one... Right, right when they do that, it's almost like... Sorry, we're talking over each other. No, that's it's right. Like, it's like right as you're starting to get sick of it, it's almost like somebody was watching it in real time. Like They were watching a two-and-a-half-hour cut of this show, yeah. and they started fast-forwarding, in real time, like a normal person would, like right, oh, right. I've already seen this. Fast forward through it, you know, and it's and it's genius. Like every single time a commercial would pop on and go, all right, I'm actually getting kind of sick of watching this. It would start to fast forward <laughs> every single time. There were times 
when the newscast would end and the commercials would start and I would find myself wanting to get up to go get a drink because I literally thought it was a commercial. Yeah. Like, that is how realistic it felt. Uh Uh-huh. Because in all fairness, the commercials have nothing to do with it. At all. No. There's nothing to do with it. Just setting the mood. it's not, not so even like effective. not even not even setting the mood of, of of the actual narrative like what you're watching. It's just it's giving you the full on experience of watching a TV show interrupted by commercial breaks in the 80s. I don't mean I don't mean to I don't mean to um, uh, diminish the the meaning of this, but the entire first like half an hour of this movie was such a mood piece. <laughs> such a mood piece. <laughs> I can't. I, I can never tell if you're being the serious. Mood piece. The mood piece. No, but it really did. It set the stage for what you're about to watch, and I think that that is equally as important as the second half. Oh, because it really sucks you in, and it really brings you back to this time where you're like an eight year old back in 1988, or in our case, three years old, <laughs> back in 1988, watching this TV special. Yeah, you know, it really does a good job of just sucking you in. It brings you back to this point in time. It's like a time warp. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's like you got sucked into a black hole for an hour and a half of your life. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. Mm-hmm. The only thing that it, it's it's funny, the one thing that takes you out of, or at least took me out of the, uh, because it, it's all pretty authentic. Like, yeah. It's very cheesy, <laughs> but things in the 80s were pretty cheesy at times. The only Chester. thing. The only thing Chester Cheetah, cheese dangerously cheesy. He's real cheesy. <laughs> the only thing that took me out of the uh, authenticity of it was um, what was the reporter the uh, the uh, Frank Stewart. Yeah, Frank Stewart. Oh, I love Frank. No, so no, this... no, no. I I loved him. He was my favorite character of the oh, yeah, of the entire. Great. He's but amazing. It was just how snarky he was with everybody. That Which I was like, a reporter would never actually be that he was of, a caricature of, of of a reporter right he and, was he was really sort of uh like passively kind of mean to people yeah okay so so before we get into the, into that part i'm gonna give a quick synopsis here sort of so you can you know if, if you have not seen this you can follow along with what we're talking about uh originally broadcast live on october 31st 1987 not 88 1987 the wnuf halloween special is a stunning expose of terrifying supernatural activity that unfolded at the infamous weber house the site of ghastly murders local television personality frank stewart leads a group of paranormal investigators and explores the darkest corners of the supposedly haunted Weber house, trying to prove the existence of the demonic entities within. So once you get through the actual like newscast portion where they go through the weather, they go through like an animal report. They go through legit boring fucking news Mm -hmm. to get you here. It's about 35 minutes into the movie before you actually get there. But some of that stuff was gold like the uh oh it's great the uh the the back and forth the banter between the the, the two news anchors just how corny it Am was I the only one that saw corny the one news hell. anchor looked exactly and acted exactly like fred willard like i could totally see him in that role yeah 100 percent. yeah definitely the guy dressed up as uh the vampire uh-huh, yep. 100 uh-huh. <laughs> percent um so you finally get though to the the frank stewart par- portion of it and the, the rest of the movie, it plays out like a, a Christopher Guest movie. If you've ever seen, like, Best in Show or Spinal Tap or anything like that, it's exactly that dry humor that is, it's executed so perfectly. 
And I, I texted you and I said, I really hope that you enjoyed this movie as much as I did, especially on my second watch. Mm-hmm. So I had watched I had watched this for the first time last year, Halloween. I thought it was funny, but it wasn't until this year that I revisited it. And I really, it sunk into me and I really got it. Like, like just the way that Frank Stewart delivers his lines and the way that he acts towards the other characters in the show is gold. It is <laughs> so funny. And uh, it, 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 this movie was written for uh, the guy that played Frank Stewart. His name is Paul uh, Ferenkopf. 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 That was very German. Um, excuse me here. Uh, the movie was written specifically for him. That oh, it was? Role. Yeah. And it, and it it shows because of how amazing he is in that that role. Was a lot of that, was a lot of it improv? Do you know? I would imagine that some of it was it's, it really based on how like the it. movie kind of uh, flows. I would mm-hmm. imagine that a lot of it was probably improv. But um, but it was just genius the way they the way that he they're, they're, they he meets up with these two paranormal psychologists or paranormal investigators who are basically supposed to be Ed and Lorraine Warren. Let's be honest, yeah, yeah. exactly who they're supposed to be. Right. And he just doesn't believe a fucking word they say because they have this psychic cat that's with them, <laughs> and like it's so ridiculous. And then you have a priest that shows up who is equally as ridiculous and you can tell that he's not buying into any of it mm-hmm. yet all this weird shit's going on in the house and he's just being a complete like i don't know it, it's, who the priest or, or, uh, or frank stewart frank stewart like yeah. he just the, he doesn't give a shit about what's really going on like he's trying to be engaged but mm-hmm. he's like just tell us what I, what I want to hear. Make this exciting is basically his attitude towards everything. Well, he's obviously incredulous the whole time. Like, uh, um, what are the the burgers? So there's uh, Doctor Lewis Burger and his wife Claire Burger, and then their cat Shadow, <laughs> and they're explaining they're explaining to him that uh, so Claire is clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. Has, any, has anybody ever called you Clear the Clairvoyant? <laughs> no. No. Uh, <laughs> and then... Doc- it's so deadpan. It's so good. And then Dr. Lewis Berger, who is... Uh, he does, like, EVPs, and he uses his equipment, you know, his his, his specialized, his, precious his equipment. Recorder. Yeah. And and then they have their cat, Shadow, who is also Clairvoyant. <laughs> and just, like, some of the stuff that he says to them... Well, first of all... First of all, he's like, "Oh, so you uh, you brought your cat along too, the family cat?" And they're like, "Well, uh, Shadow is a very important part of our team. He's also clairvoyant." <laughs> and he just looks at he looks at Claire, and he's like, "It's a it's a, it's a really nice pussy." <laughs> <laughs> it's so deadpan. <laughs> That that line happens so quick too. Like it's almost glossed over unless uh-huh. you hear it, which makes it even more effective. <laughs> oh my god, it's great. It's fantastic. Um So they're uh they're kinda they're 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 set outside of the house at first and there's a there's a group of people just kind of onlookers standing around because they're kinda curious about what's going on. And they're all dressed up for Halloween and so he goes around and interviews a few people asking if they believe in ghosts. All the people are just fucking dumb as rocks. Like nobody, nobody. They either don't understand the question. It's like, do you believe in ghosts? And they just can't give an answer because they're so stupid. There's one guy who just uh, he's dressed as a gorilla and just stays in character the whole time. <laughs> do you believe in ghosts? And he just shouts like a gorilla for about thirty seconds, and then Frank's like, "I'm gonna assume that means yes." <laughs> 
And then they finally go to go into the house, and like as soon as they go into the house, start stuff starts to kind of go wrong. Yep. Well, as, um, as, as soon as they walk in, Claire, the clairvoyant, she's like, I don't, I don't know about this. And Frank, the entire time, is just like, What are you, what are you talking about? Like, like give me something here. Like, he's, <laughs> he's so just not on board with it. Well, he's really frustrated too. He's like, so, so what are your initial impressions coming into the house? And she wants to like take a few minutes to kind of absorb everything and feel the aura of the house. And he's, he's like, like not letting her. He's like, well, just first impression. What do you, and, and Lewis keeps jumping in like, this takes time. It takes time. And Frank's like, no, just tell me what you're feeling right now. Just anything. It's just like give basically, me any- we need to make good TV, damn it. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. Like, I, I kind of felt for him in that moment. I was like, yeah, this would be really shit TV if she just stood there touching a door frame for five minutes trying to get the feel of the house um there was oh there was one thing we should bring up at the beginning of the movie there was a a news story that was part of the newscast and it was about a group of people who were actually boycotting oh yeah they were boycotting halloween and they were boycotting this particular story the idea that they were going to go into the infamous weber house and try and contact spirits it's basically a local group of like just Super Catholic, just super crazy, Christian, like, religious like, zealots. Yeah, yeah. It's like Halloween's for the devil. Why are we? Why are we celebrating the devil and this and that? And blah mm-hmm. blah. And it plays a, a role in the end of the movie yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a question for you, and uh, we are getting into spoiler territory here. But uh, at the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, you get you you find out who is actually sort of doing all the stuff. Yeah, and uh, and it makes you wonder the. The, uh, the, the the priest that's there, they keep he keeps trying to get the priest to do an exorcism, and the mm-hmm. priest is like, "Well, you know, the the the, the Vatican rarely gives uh, permission to do such a thing." And the whole movie, this priest is fighting and fighting and fighting against doing it. Mm-hmm. And and Frank Stewart's finally talking him into it. The house is going haywire. He's like, "Will you please do the exorcism now?" <laughs> and he's so over the top, and it's hilarious. And finally, at the end of the movie, the priest just breaks down and goes, "I'm not even a real priest." <laughs> I'm just an actor. I'm a fucking actor. <laughs> Frank Stewart gets so mad that he said that. <laughs> now, it was, brings me to that so point. Did, Do you think that the clairvoyants were also actors? And that, because, nah, because, no. Well, because, because, uh, uh, the, the husband, his equipment gets destroyed and he's so pissed that his equipment gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. He's not even. He doesn't even care about the supernatural part. Like, who's gonna pay for my stuff? Almost mm-hmm. like you hired me. I brought my stuff and it got destroyed. Who's gonna pay for it? Um, no. I almost I, got the impression that they were sort of fakes as well. I think that they were. At least they thought they were legit. <laughs> that's that's the sense I got. Okay. And the equipment was like, uh, yeah. Well, because imagine you've got so the wife is clairvoyant. The cat is clairvoyant. And, Not fake at all. You're right. <laughs> and then, and then the husband, you know, he's he's not in tune with the spirit world the way the wife and the cat are. All he has is equipment, you know. Which so is like legit. that's like it's that's just his... like a tape deck you can buy for twenty dollars at. Well, the... it was a it was a fancy suitcase filled with equipment. But imagine imagine if that's your contribution to the team, you know, and like you got this you got destroyed. this you got this really sick team of clairvoyant felines and and human women and what you bring to the table is you have a tape recorder if that tape recorder got smashed you'd be pretty pissed about that's it that's true that's true um <laughs> the the equipment was that was also one of my favorite parts is 
they decide that they're going to do an on-air seance. So, mm-hmm. like, people can people can call in and ask the ghost questions or whatever. It's, like, the dumbest idea. But uh, he keeps, like, he's not even mic'd at the time, but every once in a while you can hear him kind of lean in and say something to Frank about, like, who's going to pay for my equipment? And Frank just keeps blowing him off, like, forget the, forget the goddamn equipment. Just <laughs> shut up about the equipment. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Frank gets like like visibly perturbed about it, and it's so funny the way that he goes out about it. Um, this movie lives in its little moments. Yeah, like that's the whole point of it. Like I said, it's like any good dry comedy. It's like it's the way that he portrays the character mm-hmm. and the way they hit the notes of the jokes. It's so perfect. Yeah, and it's so well executed. And for for somebody that doesn't have like a big pedigree, like this Chris Lamartina guy, like he's he's not known. Like they wrote this movie sort of on a whim, uh, from my understanding, from when I was reading about it. And say like, the fact that it worked this well is amazing. Um, there's also another character. Um, I mean, you said you said that he doesn't have a pedigree. He's also the writer and producer of films such as Call Girl of Cthulhu. I have heard a lot about <laughs> Call Girl of Cthulhu, to be honest with you, and it looks amazing. And A Bulldog for Christmas. <laughs> Haven't heard that one. That sounds like a Lifetime movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's... um. There's another character though who plays the uh, the show's producer. Is that Veronica Stans? Who's the show's producer? Yeah, um, yeah Veronica so, Stanzi. Stanzi, yeah. yeah. So she's basically like in like a truck outside of the house, and they cut back to her every now and then. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's like a cool. Like they 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 do like this whole thing where they go back and forth. Or there's commercials still within all of this stuff. It, yeah. The commercials don't stop, which is great because it keeps you in the mood. And like I said, when we were watching it, I legitimately felt like I could just get up and walk away from the TV. That's how authentic it felt. It was insane. My, I, I will, I will say, I, f- I felt like they cut to commercial a little too often. At the end, it's sort of like because it was like they kept trying to give off the impression that there's all these cliffhangers that oh they come back for air for two seconds and then something happens they right. got cut again. I think they were trying to give off that impression more. Yeah, and it just ended up feeling more sort of like they were extending time. Well, especially sort of. especially since they started rolling the same commercials. Over and over. Yeah, you which, I mean? which, which is where the which is where the whole fast forward thing comes into play because yeah, they yeah. don't last for that long. Right. Um, I don't know. I just loved that. I thought it was great. Um, are we gonna give away the ending? Should we uh, give away the ending? Where is this one available for streaming? Oh, so, actually, both these movies used to be on Shutter. Yeah, they're both actually pretty hard to find now. Yeah. Um, we found them. There's a website called archive.org. Well, this one's on YouTube. This one's on YouTube as well, but they're yeah. both also on archive.org, yeah. which is a, it's a completely legal site from everything that I could see. Like, it's not like it's a weird black, no, not black net, but like, you know, it's not like a weird <laughs> uploading site. Um, so where, uh, how though? You know it's what I mean? It's just an archive of, of movies and people, it's on the community post. People can upload them, I guess. I don't know. Is Seems, that legal? I don't know. For our purposes, yes. <laughs> well, we did. We watched this one on YouTube. This one is on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, so you can watch it there. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 great. Mm-hmm. I I I couldn't recommend this more highly to people. Not everybody's going to enjoy this though. No, I will it's say definitely that. it's 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 super kitschy yep. and very. It, it, if you know that it's from 2013 and it looks so authentically 80s, I think that you'll enjoy it a lot more, you know, especially if you were alive back in the late 80s, early 90s, and, and you 
get it and you had a sense for especially me growing up in a, a small town like we had the local local cable channel local cable uh, channels yeah. that would just run the shittiest most janky commercials like that and come down to smith distributing and get yourself a beer <laughs> grab yourself a bush light <laughs> <laughs> apparently smith distributing has barney as, a, as their mascot uh, but uh yeah i don't know it's just I, for some reason, I'm thinking. I have a. I have a. Uh, when you said that people sell uh, TV recorded VHSs, yeah, I have one in particular that I always go back to, and it's a. Uh, um, I think it's a TV recorded version of uh, a Land Before Time. Okay. And it's got, or no, 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 it wasn't a Land Before Time, but there was Pizza Hut commercials. Featuring oh, yes. featuring the rubber Land Before Time puppets. Do you Don't remember when you could get those? Brack or you fall and break your back. Do you yeah. remember when you could get the the rubber puppets at I've Pizza Hut? Vaguely, the Land Before Time ones. All I remember I actually about Pizza have a couple. Hut, I could probably sell them for. All a I remember mint. about Pizza Hut was Book It. Oh. Did you guys have Book It? Oh hell yeah! When you were in elementary school, yeah, Book It. It was the reading club. When you read like a book, you got like a free pizza. I think you had to. Read, I just like, said five pizza. Completely on accident, on purpose, by the Free way. Free pizza. Free pizza. <laughs> yeah, I invented a scrapeboard. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, dude, I'm telling you, if you have those tapes, sell them. Oh, They're I worth it. a ton of money. Yeah, I've got plenty of them. I mean, if you can find the right people to buy them, it's all market share, obviously, but like, it's, well, you're, you're, but they're there. You're part of a bunch of VHS groups. I'll just give them to you. I'll give you dude, 20% they, they, of the tape. They sell. <laughs> they sell. Whenever I go to like a thrift store and I see them, I buy them. Really? Oh, yeah. I keep I keep hoping to find something crazy on them, like a murder or I don't know. You're on the market for snuff. No, I'm not snuff. Are you? Maybe not snuff. I mean, because I can. <laughs> what you got? I know some people. What you got? <laughs> no, like there's there, there's like weird stuff that you can just find, like old uh, like there there is. So I understand it a little bit. There is something nostalgic about watching an old program with old commercials. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, I think the people that buy those though, they're hoping to find. Like the gems that have never been seen before, like that that one TV special that was never recorded. Well, no one knows what it is. It's gonna be on this blank VHS tape that someone well, trades in. For instance, uh, and we can probably transition this into the next movie. I, I think we're done with WNUF, yeah, right? Yeah. Can you imagine if somebody has a VHS copy of a recording, a live recording of Ghostwatch? That'd be amazing. It would probably. Absolutely amazing. Somebody would probably pay tons of money for that, don't you think? Oh yeah. I mean, then again though, then again though, you're not going to get reactions with that though. I think that because Ghostwatch itself already sort of is that. So a live broadcast of that, I don't think there's because that was there. There weren't. It wasn't like there was other commercials in between that. That was shown in a block. Like straight oh, yeah, through. that's right. And yeah. Ghostwatch didn't have commercials. It was like a primetime yeah, block. Yeah, that's true. There was no commercials, at least to my understanding, there weren't. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I didn't really think of it that way. You wouldn't be getting anything in between that really, uh, and that and that would probably also be pretty easy to replicate. Yeah. To just you could probably take the DVD and <laughs> and do a and do a, a VHS recording you really, of it. You really could. It would be, it would be a, essentially the exact same thing. Yeah. So Ghostwatch. Uh, Ghostwatch is from 20... Nope. 1992. There you go. <laughs> 20, 1992 <laughs> in the future. Uh, directed by Leslie Manning, written by a guy named Stephen Volk, which we'll, uh, we'll get back to Stephen Volk probably in a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, here's your synopsis for it. The BBC gives 
uh, over a whole evening to an investigation into the supernatural. Four respected presenters and a camera crew attempt to discover the truth behind the most haunted house in Britain, expecting a lighthearted scare or two and probably the uncovering of a hoax. Uh, they think that they are in control of the situation. They think they are safe. The viewers settle down and decide to watch for a laugh. 90 minutes later, the BBC and the country was changed, and the consequences are still felt today. It was so more I, of a I, review of about it, less yeah, than a synopsis. So everything about that was uh, that was legitimate pretty. stuff that had like this is this is not a this this movie this film is a narrative piece, but. It wasn't taken that way by the the public in Britain no. in 1992. So the, the the two bumpers of the of the show did in the very very beginning, like she said, written by such and such. They say that it's a narrative. The well, they, problem is they, that a lot they of even people... went so far as that they had a guy like a presenter at the very beginning that said, "What you're about to see is part of uh, I, I think it was called BBC One, yep. which was their uh, it wasn't their news." Uh, sector. It's like Channel One. It was like, yeah, like Channel One. <laughs> From <laughs> with, high school? With, uh, what was it? Lisa, Lisa Ling. Lisa Ling. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. <clears throat> B- Fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, BBC One was their, their like, narrative-driven sector at BBC. Like, there was yep. BBC that was uh, mostly news and, and current events and stuff, and then yep. they had BBC, I think it was called BBC One, or yep. The was, One no, Room, no, or something like that. It was BBC like One, yep. And that was more for, like, TV shows. So there was a guy who popped up on screen and said, this is uh, what you're about to see as part of BBC One. Blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people missed that, though. Sure. A lot know, of people tuned in five minutes late, you know? Yeah, it's, oh, oh, it's 10.02, the ghost watch is on, and, well, they, was, and they missed it already. It was, you know? it was October 31st, 1992, at 9.25 p.m. They probably did that on purpose because they figured people will tune in at 9.30, 9.30 and they're going to think true, actually. that they... You know, they missed the five minute, first five minutes, which just includes the intro and stuff like that. Nobody knows any better. Sure. So people they are going to tune in at 9.30 and shit themselves, and that's exactly what happened. They did put it at the end as well, but at that point, I don't think it mattered. No, people were already freaking. I think a lot of people probably turned it off, you know, yep. so like the way, halfway through. So the way that this one was set up is you have... Um, you have like a whole in studio portion, which I actually liked a lot. Mm-hmm. That would that it was basically that it was the analysts, if you will. Yeah. They were they were analyzing what you were seeing from the live broadcast in the house. Right. And uh, so you had the host, who was a real BBC News host, which gave it way more authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like trusted. He was loved. Like he was a guy that you watched the news for. He's not going to lie to you. And you have him paired up with like a paranormal researcher that is analyzing the things that they're seeing in the house and all this stuff. And then you have uh, a woman and her camera crew that are staying in the house with the family that lives there. So Sarah, Sarah Green was the woman in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a well-known uh, children's television presenter. Mm-hmm. Like She hosted different uh, children's programs. Again, people that like the British public trusted because right. they saw them on TV every single day. Exactly. They're not actors. They're they're journalists right and then her husband her real life husband was in studio with michael parkinson who was the 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 main host her real life husband mike smith was um playing the phone in presenter Mm -hmm. so he was by the block of phones for anybody who wanted to call in and share their paranormal experiences he was there to kind of uh, he had a you know team fielding the calls, and then he would relay relay that information to the team. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you had Craig Charles, who was the 
kind of the wacky on-site sort of almost comedic relief. Oh yeah. And he was he was well known in Britain for uh, the show Red Dwarf. Okay. He played a character on the show Red Dwarf, which was a, a TV like a comedy, uh, sci-fi comedy. Mm-hmm. And then so those were the four people playing themselves. Everyone after that, it didn't really matter because they were kind of unknowns. You know, they weren't yeah. they weren't like big actors or anything. So they had Jillian uh, Bevan, who I really like. Like, she played Doctor Lynn Pascal. She was the paranormal researcher that was in studio. I loved her character with uh, Michael Parkinson. She was she like she her character. I I actually thought that she was actually Doctor Lynn Pascal in real life. I didn't realize that she was an actor. She did she, so well. She was really good because she you you could actually get the impression that she was annoyed with the host at times mm-hmm. because they were just dismissing things and she's like, "You brought me here to give my analysis and you're not letting me do that right. and you're not listening to what I'm saying." Right. Like and she she actually came off as like annoyed, mm-hmm. which is not typically what you see in these kind of movies. Usually mm-hmm. they would want to use like their uh uh, what they're saying is suspense and build on. Oh, the paranormal investigator said this. It must be true. Like that's <laughs> how. That's usually how they are. But they were just kind of pushing her to the wayside. Right. Like don't. Oh, she's crazy. Like we're not going to believe her. Mm-hmm. And she's getting like pissed about it in the in the show. And it makes it so much more believable. You know, this one. Even though this this flick and the first one are polar opposites in terms of tone. Yeah. They both are so incredibly authentic, mm. you just get sucked into them. <laughs> and you actually believe, again, that you're watching just an old tape from this thing that happened. Like, it really, it, it, it works on every level. And so that kind of brings you to what actually happened with this, which was this special played on TV. And for anybody who missed the intro or didn't stick around for the outro... What they thought that they were watching was a real life, live uh, paranormal investigation. Yeah. A lot of people tuned in just thinking, oh, we're just going to watch this silly thing. And some people, you know, like ask some ghosts some questions and nothing will really happen. And at the end, they'll just be like, well, that does it. There's no real ghosts. But then shit starts to get kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And they really do it well where they they build it up really really slow this movie i said this while we were watching it this movie is was uh paranormal activity before paranormal activity was even a thing this movie was credited to um be um uh hugely influential on the people that made blair witch too oh wow um it's because this is kind of a first of its kind it Mm -hmm. very much is the first found footage type movies and and for 1992 it was so well done, man. So the story of this is that you have uh, a woman or two kids live in this house, and the two kids and the woman are experiencing what they call pipes. Pipes is this ghost that basically lives in the house, and they call it pipes because the first time that they would hear these um, these sounds, sounds, they would think, oh, it's just the pipes making it's sounds. It's the old pipes in the so that's house. That's why they started yeah. calling the entity pipes. We actually have a different theory on why it's called pipes. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, and the, the story is is basically they almost don't believe it at first, and then a bunch of weird shit starts to happen, and then the whole crew completely believes that pipes is real, and like it's it's this whole thing. And then the way that the movie ends is is kind of awesome and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up doing awesome and cool. Awesome and cool. They end up doing a very similar to the first movie where they're doing a, a public seance. Mm-hmm. Only this one, they're doing an even bigger sort of public seance. 
sort of. Well, because it's like all of Britain it's that's all of watching. Britain. And yeah. the whole the whole idea is that the entire country is taking part in the seance and lets this thing free, basically. Mm. And so that this ghost, you know, they they establish that the ghost can basically manipulate technology, sort mm-hmm. of. And so they set it up to where we're doing this technologically based seance. And once that happened, the ghost can travel through technology. And if you're watching it, it can be into your own home. It's and very, it threw um, people into a tizzy. Like it's it very, really did. It's very ring, too. Yeah, very much you know? so. Very much so. It's, it, it makes you wonder how many modern day movies were really heavily influenced by this. Probably more than you know. Because it's, it's rife with ideas, like those types of ideas between... Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the found footage idea, the idea of uh, the ghost in the machine, you know, like a ghost actually being able to manipulate technology mm-hmm. and travel through it. It's got kind of like a shocker vibe too, you know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Shocker, I got a lot out of it yeah. actually, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. I'd, I'd, I'd be curious. I hope that they do... A sequel? <laughs> well, no, we should get into... This was actually... So this this was found uh, by the public in... in, in uh, Britain to be so shocking and so controversial that it was actually like blacklisted. Yeah, it, it was, was it was it black was, it was blackballed for a while because it 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 had such an effect they just were not expecting. Yeah. Like they wanted, don't get me wrong, that they wanted the effect they went for, mm-hmm. but it kind of got out of hand. Out of hand. There was a kid that legitimately killed himself. After watching this, mm-hmm. um, there's a, there's an actual story uh, about uh, it's here in real life. An 18 year old teenager, Martin Denham, committed suicide by hanging himself by the neck uh, from a tree called the Witch Tree near his home in uh, Beckhampton Road, Nottingham. Five days after the uh, five five days after they watched Ghost Watch, um, Martin Denham's family blamed the TV movie for his suicide. As Denham wrote in his suicide letter, "If there really are ghosts, then I will be with you always as a ghost." And, it's and be- apparently he was traumatized well, by it was, when it was watched be- it. It was because in, in the movie Ghost Watch, they explained that every time they heard the pipes banging, that that was Pipes, the ghost. And his house had the, those same kind of noises happening. Oh, did you, did you read more and about so, this? Yeah. Okay. And so he thought, he actually thought that uh, by this point, uh, the, the crew had already gone on and apologized for what had happened. Mm-hmm. But he thought, and he wasn't the only person that thought this, that uh, this movie had actually unlocked some sort of spiritual entity. Yeah. And even though it was a, even though the whole thing was a farce, there was actually a bunch of paranormal activity that had been sparked by it. And so he thought that. What, whatever was happening in his house was literally a ghost. Well, he believed now. it. He bought right. into it. Yeah. You know, basically. So that that's the kind of backlash they had. Now, granted, that's an extremely extreme version <laughs> of the backlash. Yeah, it, went, people... it went all the way from that guy, that kid who killed himself to a woman who su- wanted to sue them for a pair of pants yeah. because she said that her husband had soiled himself while watching it. Yeah. And this also earned the dubious honor of being the first TV program to be cited in the British medical journals having caused post-traumatic stress disorder in children. <laughs> like that this movie had some crazy backlash in it. British kids you know, are and soft. One of the things <laughs> soft. <laughs> one of the things that this movie uh did well to people that watched it. Now, granted, 
people didn't have DVR back then. You can't rewind stuff mm-hmm. and rewatch it the way like we did, for example. Yeah. You know, when we thought we saw something, we paused it, we went back, and like, oh shit, we did see that, yeah. right? And what this movie did really well is that it hid images of the actual ghost mm-hmm. super minorly, but but there in a lot of the scenes. Like you could be watching a scene, excuse me. You could be watching a scene and there would be like this tiny image of the actual killer, ghost killer, mm-hmm. in a mirror way off to the side that you would never notice except for out of the corner of your eye. And back then, if if you didn't notice it, you'd never know if you actually saw that or not. So it was super creepy. Like, but it it kind of it kind of brings into question the idea of uh, of of subliminal subliminal in- images, like how effective they are, because. There were a few shots. Obviously, very. There were a few shots where we thought we saw something, and we had the luxury of being able to go back and look and be mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god!" But we thought we saw it at first, and that's almost more scary. You know what I mean? Like there was a there was a part where um, Doctor Pascal, in the beginning, when they first started listening to this reel to reel recording of um, the young girl uh, Susie. Yep using a voice that sounded like a man's voice. Yep. Like they said that she was possessed by something and she was using a, using a man's voice. And just for a split second, they're, they're standing in this completely dark uh, studio. They had turned all the lights down in the news studio. And just for a split second, right before they cut the camera away, you could see... Uh, it was like a white, like a white ghostly outline like, you know of that, a person. Or you know that like really... That was... f- there's a really famous shot in, uh, in Halloween where... Uh, Michael Myers, where Laurie's standing in front of a in in front of a uh, a dark doorway, mm-hmm. and it's completely dark behind her. And then all of a sudden, they must have just lit it from the side just slightly, and you can kind of see the silhouette of Michael's mask show like, up. Yeah, yeah. And that was exactly the kind of thing they did. Like you could just for a split second, right behind Doctor Pascal, you could see this outline of this like creepy figure. It's, and they it did was that, so well, and done. it was and it was one of those things where it's like I, I think I, think I just I saw, saw it, but I don't no, know for can sure. Can you imagine if you didn't have the luxury to rewind it though? Yeah, that's what you I'm would saying. Just, you would just be like, I'm never going to see this broadcast again. Right, like, and and it would just insane. and it would just eat away at you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you would you'd go to bed that night and you'd be like, even though I think I saw that, and I did. Even though we had the luxury to do it, there was a couple spots at the end where we're watching it and we go. Holy shit! Did you just see that? And we yeah. would rewind it, and that's when I got the legit goosebumps <laughs> in my arm. Like, oh my god! Like that was so creepy. It was so like, like crazy. Like, and it was mm-hmm. so good and effective. Here's the thing: how many how many scenes did we actually see something in them? Do you think like what six or seven scenes, maybe something like that? Yeah, between according, six and ten. Maybe. According to someone that would know, yeah. there's thirteen. Really? So we didn't even see them all. Oh wow. Which makes you want to go back and rewatch it now and dissect this movie. Yeah. But apparently, there's 13 showings of uh, of the ghost pipes. in the of pipes in the movie that we didn't, and we only saw 60 percent of them. Yeah. That's crazy. That's cool. That's awesome, and it's effective, and it's amazing. And I would, I and would they did absolutely in, recommend this movie to everyone. They did it in such a subtle way that it's not annoying. You know, mm-hmm. like too too many movies do the because there was the. Um, there was one where uh, you could briefly see it in a door wall, right? Yep. Door wall. What do people call it in other parts of the country? What do we call it? Sliding door. Sliding door. Sli- sliding glass door. A, we call it's it. A, it's a door wall. We call it a door wall it's a here. Door. But and it's, it's a wall. A wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could briefly see it, and then when they cut back to 
like what would be when they pan the camera around you're like oh it might have just been that that halloween decoration hanging right there but then you're like no, but it was orange, and there's wasn't? nothing orange on that <laughs> Halloween decoration. It's Turns like, out that was one of the ones. It was, it absolutely yeah. was. Yeah. So man, there's just so much. This, this, I, I, I found this to be genuinely creepy. Like, it was. I, it was. It wasn't that it was scary. It was just creepy. Like yeah. it was just kind of like weird. And it's cool because I love movies that hide stuff. Mm-hmm. Where you had to see. It. I think it was. Um, was it? Uh, uh, what's the movie with Ethan Hawke? Um, Sinister? Sinister did stuff like this. Mm. I feel like Sinister was a movie that also hid stuff within the film. I could be... Uh, am it? I thinking of the right movie? There was a, a movie around that time that did the same thing that were, like, literally hid stuff in the movie, and if you didn't notice it, you just didn't notice it. But it was definitely there. I, f- I feel like I know what you're talking about. It's not Sinister. S- well, speaking of things that, uh, that are there that you might not notice, and we're going to end on this. Uh-huh. When... When the kids are first explaining what pipes is to the reporter, they they give them this journal. This is the best way to go about it, I promise you. They give them this journal where the kids drew their version of pipes. <laughs> it's a very crude drawing. However, we're watching this and you stopped and you go, I, wait a minute. I spot, it, It's funny because... You actually, at the same time, <laughs> reacted to something else in the shot. It did. You're like, oh my god, did you just see that? And I go, fuck yeah, I saw it. <laughs> and, and and you go, what was that? And I go, wait, I'm like, wait, are we are we talking about the same thing? Because I know exactly what I saw. We were not talking about the same <laughs> Mike thing. Mike saw something in the background. What I saw was, this, this actually aired live on the BBC in 1992. She's looking at this young girl's notebook... And on flipping through the pages. On the left hand page is a bunch of writing, like this weird, creepy writing. On the right hand page, it's slightly cut off by the camera, but you see what is uh her depiction of pipes, yep. like the a drawing of pipes. And I don't know what it is, maybe I have a gift for spotting these kinds of things. But I said to Mike, I was like, Did pipes did the drawing of pipes have a huge cock? <laughs> He's like, what? And I was like, what were I you? I was like, I what were you talking about? He's like, no, there was a. It's nothing. There was like a ghost yeah. decoration on the wall. It was nothing. And, and so then we we rewound it and we paused it right on the screen. Not only does Pipes have a legit cock coming huge. out of him, but he's got a whole bunch of. He is. He's he's he's, he's, he's mid climax, <laughs> and this was. Yeah, it, this was aired on BBC. I it makes me wonder how many like how many people actually spotted that. I don't. I so I actually looked this up online to see if anybody else was talking about it. There was one reference to it on Reddit. Really, one, but nobody else has on any other Reddit pages because there's quite a few Reddit pages. Mm-hmm. Nobody else mentioned it on any other Reddit pages that I could find in any reviews in anything. I'm pretty sure that you just have a gift for the cock. I've, I, I'm pretty sure that's what this is. I feel like I feel like this is the type of movie that people would go through with a fine tooth comb. I can't believe that nobody else has noticed it's this. So out of place in this movie too, because they were legitimately trying to pass this off as like a legit scary haunted house. Yeah, and to put that in the movie, but, I almost wonder if like that's the one thing that kind of gives away the fact this is just supposed to be fun. It's also no, no, no. I don't it's, know, no, man. it's a, it actually gives it away as more sinister, 
Because do you remember, just stay with me here. Do you remember why, when you actually find out who Pipes probably is, do you remember why it was so, why this would be so sinister? He was a child molester. That makes it really fun. I just clenched my legs together because he was really gross. (laughs) He was a, he was a man that lived in that house with his parents and he had been, he had been nabbed for kidnapping, molestation, uh, what was there? Like, a, was there, uh, abuse. And then, and then he killed himself in the house using, did you, do you remember how they said he killed himself? I don't actually remember that. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just picturing right now though. If this is how the kids saw the ghost is pipes just running out of the corner with his cock out. And like, oh! <laughs> we just established that he's a child molester. <laughs> I was picturing the version of the of how they pictured him in the thing, though. Is you should have just moved on. Shut up. Definitely should have moved on. Oh, it's funny to me. Well, and then and then the creep. The, another creepy thing was uh, everybody who's calling into the studio claiming that they saw somebody in the in the corner in the shot or whatever. They claim it's a man. Some of them say he looks like he's got a skull for a face. Some of them say he looks like he's wearing a black robe. But some of them say he's he's wearing like an old black victorian dress yep and uh when they when the one guy finally calls in and says i know who this is i know who pipes is and why he's haunting these children it's because he was this former tenant of this house and uh david willis or something was that his name something like that that, yeah and he he believed that he was possessed by the spirit of an old woman and that's why he was wearing a black dress it's weird. It's very, it's, it's it, all, it, it it's is all, very weird. It's all very fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And so then he ended up killing himself. Am I giving too much away? I'm probably giving too much yeah, away. Yeah. You know, watch the movie. Ended, we, we can't recommend this movie enough. No, no, it's, no. It's, it's so good. It it's, was. It's so effective and it's so, both these movies do such a good job just sucking you into the, to, into the world that they're trying to portray. Like I would say. And d- it's awesome. WNUF is not, it's not, I'm not going to go back and watch it too many times. No, it's, it's, it was fun. I loved it. It was I fun. Loved it so much. I did. I liked it a lot. It's but good I, for a once a year watch. But Ghost Watch, I could see watching every Halloween. I think both of these are good Halloween movies to watch once a year. You know what I'm saying? I'd say maybe Put once. On, I'd say maybe once every three three years. Just for make sure WNUF. you find somebody that hasn't seen them before to yeah. watch them with, yeah. and it'll make it worth it. Yeah, both for sure. these movies. Um, well, that's uh, that's Ghost Watch. I think that's it. Just go watch it. It was it was awesome. Hopefully, we didn't give too much away. We probably did, but uh, I apologize for any crass child molesting jokes I may have made. <laughs> probably didn't need to bring it up again, but we'll, we'll just roll with it. All right, uh, that's it for tonight. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC, and check out our Audible link at uh, audibletrial.com/slash the Buzzed Kill Podcast. Find yourself a book. It's got to be a good haunting book on there that you uh, can find, right? Of course, got to be. Perhaps the haunting if you want to find j-raj you can find me on all social media at ocean recording and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs mm. all right uh that does it for our technically our halloween this, this episode we'll halloween. be wrapping like said, it up next week, next week so. is like the halloween hangover it's a couple days after halloween but let's be honest it's always halloween you know you've had a- you've had too much candy corn Maybe a few too many butterfingers. I'm a firm believer that Halloween, the Halloween season should go well into November. Of course. I'm a firm believer of that. Of course, yes. There you go. I usually show up at Thanksgiving with a mask on. (laughs) 
just uh, to freak out the squares. All right, boys. Ooh. Hey, cheers. Cheers. Happy cheers. Halloween. Happy Halloween. Uh, enjoy your candy. Watch for razor blades. Don't poke your eye out. And try to have a good night. <laughs>